Boom. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Brothers of Legacy. Uh, let's see. It's kind of funky. Not hearing. All right. I appreciate you guys rocking with us and hanging with us. I pray all is well. All is good in the hood. Um, let's see. Boom, boom. What was that? Blessings, Lisa. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing and always rocking with us. Um, and I, I appreciate you. Let's see. Cause you could have been anywhere, but you're rocking with us. Um, make sure you join our community. Text brothers to 84576. Join our community to brothers 845. Text brothers to 84576. Um, today, I know this is kind of a, maybe a sticky issue, but we're going to tackle it. And talk about it, um, and because you know there's, there's much to share, and different perspectives, um, and you know each story is never the same, never the same. Um, each perspective is is not the same, um, so you'll be surprised at <laughs> what's going to be shared today. Um, but all my podcast people, I appreciate you guys rocking and listening. And rating and reviewing on our on podcast platforms. And make sure you connect with us. And I want you guys to join our community as well. Text brothers to 84576. Text brothers to 84576. Um, and be a part of these conversations. Uh, I would like to my podcast people to be here live. Just so, you know, you've been rocking with us for a while. Just hearing our voice. You get an opportunity to see us and see the craziness up up close personal <laughs> live <laughs> on the screen, of course. Um, but definitely an opportunity to, to be a part of this platform. Um, but as, as well as everyone else, I appreciate you guys rocking my replay viewers. Thank you for hanging and rocking with us. Um, we, we appreciate, you know, you guys watching all my live people always watching and here. Uh, we are growing in numbers. We are growing leaps and bounds. Um, the one thing I do want to say is we're we're going through a shift. Um, well, not really a shift, but more or less, uh, we're going to be getting laser, laser focused. <laughs> uh, Cynthia Mason, good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for rocking with us. Um, so let's see. Ah, man, I'll be trying to block some folks on another platform. You know, when you start somewhere, Twitch is like Periscope. It's kind of ah, a bunch of folks <laughs> that you got to block and block, block and block. I know. I wonder if I could turn comments off, but it's not the same. If you can't comment, you don't hang. Cause that's how it was in Periscope. If I couldn't comment, it's not as much fun. It's not a conversation. Um, so, yeah, definitely appreciate you guys. Make sure you share. Tag somebody. Tag somebody to be in this conversation um, so they can share in their, in our experience, as well as they can share their own, you know, as much as they can type as fast as they can type. Um, Cause we, we do want as many perspectives as possible because it's, it's, you know, this is a reality. Um, and like I said, you know, some people's realities are were, were harder than others. Um, and, you know, Life through the, the lens as, as someone black is can be different at a lot of times, a lot of points in your life. Um, so I kind of want to dig into that today. Um, it may be just me today, but we're going to get in on this conversation. Uh, so like I said, make sure you share. Sharing is caring. Share to all the groups. Spam them. Spam them. <laughs> and tag. Tag until they put you in Facebook jail. Put a couple of uh, put a couple of names up. Um, definitely get them in this space, in this conversation. And cause I'm sure, like I said, people have side conversations and I know you probably talked to someone about that or about this particular topic. Um, and it, it's, and it's definitely something you want to be a part of. Um, so like I said, uh, do that. And if you're first time here, definitely join our community, text brothers to 84576, text brothers to 84576. Be a part of this shift. Be a part of this change. Um, we have some things coming down the pike, some virtual stuff, some stuff I'm really geeked about, um, but I'm working on. I don't want to 
talk too much or I want to reveal it yet uh, because I want to make sure I got it in order, you know, for it to be the most effective. Um, And what else? What else? What else? So I appreciate you guys. So listen, like I said, tag, share this opportunity. All right. We're going to get into this conversation. Um, And I should be ready by now. All right. I'll be right back. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to catch Good that morning. Good 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 morning. Start acting up. Don't start acting up, computer. All right. We is back. Back on the scene. Crispy and clean. All right. <laughs> oh, so I guess it's going to be just me. All right. You're going to rock with me today. Um, so today we're going to talk about, you know, what what I have learned <laughs> while growing up black. Um, and I've mentioned before, uh, I come from a town, Roosevelt, Long Island. Uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, I know Eddie Murphy grew up there. Howard Stern grew up there. Um so it's, it's an interesting place. Well, interesting for me. Um, but, you know, like I have always said, I grew up all black. And when I grew up there, it was, I will venture to say, <laughs> it's one square mile and it's a 90, probably 95% black. Um, there were, at the time, in the 90s, um, there were some whites, there were some very small amount of whites, probably kind of... <laughs> And how many I interacted with. Um, There were very few Hispanics at the time. Um, So it was it was very black. So that was my lens. Um, So at least growing up to like teenage, I didn't really deal with those kind of issues. Um, Police knew, you know, and it was a time where, you know, the cops knew who was who, you know, so we never had you know, the police issues and things of that nature. So we were really kind of in a bubble in a sense, um, being, being from Roosevelt. Uh, now understand one thing about New York and my New Yorkers will not dispute this. New York is very, uh, segregated. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, V. Great morning to you guys. Thanks for rocking with us. Um, New York is very segregated. Uh, so there are areas that you go in, you know, I wouldn't say there's sundown places, but you don't want to be just hanging out all willy nilly without any purpose um, because you could have issues with cops, even the people there. Um, let me get my pastor in the building. Great morning to you, sir. Um, So, hey, what's up, Cole? Good morning. Good morning. Um, So my my experience, like like I said, I, I never really at least growing up, up into teenage years, never dealt with racial issues in my face. Um, you know, not that I can remember, not that I know of, you know, not saying it didn't, just didn't pay attention to it. Um, and like I said, in my town growing up black, um, you know, we had black cops. I mean, even, though, you know, the history of, of <laughs> black neighborhoods and black cops aren't always the best as well, but we never had those kind of issues. Never had the uh, boys in the hood kind of issues. What up, Dwayne? Great morning to you. What up? What up? Um, so for me, you know, growing up black, at least into teenage years, was pretty much, you know, straightforward. Like most of what I seen was like TV stuff, um, you know, the Rodney King things. And wow, this is really still happening kind of situation. Um, not, yeah, like I said, I, I personally never seen nor experienced it. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the most of any information as far as racial issues probably came from my dad, you know, cause he came from the South. He was born in Tennessee. So of course he had tons of stories. Um, and <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't the biggest fan of white people. Uh, but in the end, before he died, he had his, one of his best friends was a neighbor across the street who was white. So they, it was, it's kind of, 
a funny thing, you know, for that. And they they lived there forever. But once you retired, you know, once you retired, you got more time to know what's going around in your neighborhood. And, you know, so it was it was that's just an interesting side story on that one. Um, but for me, like crazy question before you move forward. was, Was that due to the Kingdom Hall, their friendship? Who? My dad, your, your dad, and and, and the oh, white neighbor. Okay, so if I've never explained, you so my mom was Jehovah Witness. Ah, uh, but dad wasn't. That dad was anti Jehovah Witness. Uh, <laughs> so okay. so understand not not that he just didn't go, <laughs> not he that he didn't care. He just he didn't like him. Wow. See if I, if I've never That's shared like every Wednesday, my mom was trying to go to Jehovah Witness. You know he would give her give her a hard time. You know, and he would swear as all white people that he want to see the monkeys. So and that, was, <laughs> wow. and that was that was like it was like almost a traditional weekly thing. Like you know, she be trying to like he be napping on the couch. You hear trying to kind of creep out. Uh, wow! <laughs> and right before she hit that door, you know, he he would start. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah he didn't he didn't he didn't like him at all at gotcha. all. Gotcha. Yeah, but no no. So yeah, they just. They were both gardeners. They had a lot of stuff in common, you know, like he, mm-hmm. uh, the neighbor would just grow such, you know, great, uh, vegetables. They would share, you know? So yeah, it was, they had a, they had a great relationship to, up until his cool. passing. Cool. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much my beginning. What about you guys, as far as growing up at least teenager before getting out on your own, what was it like growing up black in your, in your area, your town, um, your spaces? I think Pastor's probably gonna have the most significant story. Maybe I don't know, but for me, it it, it, it was. I I want to say I was sheltered, if that makes sense. And I know people. Right. I grew up in South Carolina, okay. uh, and um, the first time I was called the N word, and somebody really meant it, it was a New Yorker that did it. So, wow. um, as far as South Carolina goes, you know. Being from the South and the place where most slaves came into the country, I knew the historical significance. Right. um, And that was constant. I mean, the the roads, the the schools, a lot of a lot of Afrocentric behavior because of where we were. But as far as like seeing a major difference. Right. So my my generation at least we yeah. we were cool like it was like 40% black like 40% white and like 20 15% native american so um we were all cool there, right. there were moments when people would let you know that hey you black and I'm white it was like <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't right. come play over here my right. mom my mom and dad won't like it but the wow. older we got the less um valid that was because they started being like, yeah, whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't experience a, a lot of racism, but I knew people who were in the Klan. Um, and it, it was it was always messed up because I, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to take it. Like there was this I'm going to call his name. I don't care. His name. Was, his name was Bill Coward um, and Bill Coward owned probably. 15, 20% of the properties in, in a certain neighborhood. Um, and he was a Klan member, but he also owned the ice cream parlor, the fireworks store. And um, he was kind of like a community pillar, but he also used to sleep with black women for rent money when, when they couldn't pay it. So I was like, I, I learned early that hate, sometimes was more political than it was um who who I'll deal with okay because I saw these same people that we we all knew in their heart didn't like black people or thought they were better right but they still had relationships with black people it was just okay. like okay it was it, it was like if what the way we see racism right the reality for us was it was a classism thing Okay. Um yeah, but but music, yeah, you 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 got the the consciousness from music. Um right. I, I I saw it, I knew it, but it, it really wasn't a burden, you know. It it didn't stop it didn't stop the way we live life. 
Gotcha. It's almost okay. normal. Gotcha. I feel oh. it's worse now than it was then for me. I, I know that's a crazy wow. thing to say, but I, I feel <laughs> right. today it's yes. more blatant and worse than it was in my location. Maybe it was just because I was sheltered a little. Right. Interesting. Pastor? It, 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 I didn't really see it growing up. Okay. Um, you know, it, it may have popped up here and there, but I didn't see it. Uh, we, we grew up in a, in a real diverse, in, in Kankakee, Illinois, it was very diverse. Right. Uh, now, going to school, you know, I started out in public school, ended up in private school, then back to public school. Right. So my middle years were in private school. I went to a Catholic school and I was the only black boy in my class. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. But okay. I had to reflect back after years after to realize I was the only black boy in my class because uh, in the experience okay. it never yeah. dawned on me right right they didn't treat you you, you know felt treated right, like me and my classmates you know right. like who you like you don't like who you don't like you know right. Um, right but it color was not but but you got to realize this the the southern experience would be different remember that when the uh, when when slaves wanted to get away, they ran north. Right. Right. Because there was more assimilation in the north. Mm-hmm. OK. Than there was right. in the south. Right. Uh, you also have to remember that racism existed. You were just blind to it. Right. right. There's no doubt. Because, about it. Right. right. Because the, the, the truth is people knew their place. Right. There was a season where people just knew their place. And you knew what to do. You knew what not to do. You just didn't want to cause any any issues. Right. Um, and so you saw it in areas where there were there was a larger quantity of black people. Right. There were sections of America where there were more the, we were more heavily populated in, in certain areas. So they were more bold. Right. 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 That's the thing. And so for those of us who don't recall going through anything like that, it's because, you know, there weren't enough of us to really have a voice. Uh, You know, when I, you know, growing up for me, yeah, we were surrounded by white people, but we were surrounded by everything. We had everything. And and to to Dwayne's point, it was more classism than anything. You know, where I come from, if you lived in my zip code, I don't care what color you were, you didn't have a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Out of my zip code. We all in the struggle together. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you may have more money than me, but right. you don't have enough money to get out of here. <laughs> right. so, right. You might can miss grits for one morning, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you go out for entertainment. We, I'm going to see you. We're going to go to the same places. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Uh, so it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really a thing. And, and I'm like, Dwayne, you know, I didn't I didn't hear the N word blatantly right. in a bitter and hatred fashion. Uh, it was in Illinois, but it was 20 years, 15, 10 years after I graduated high school. Wow. You know, somebody shouted it out driving by me in a car. I was in in, in Champaign, Illinois, and they shouted wow. out the window of the car. I'm like, yeah, you, you said it driving by. <laughs> wow. That's, that's that's my same experience, except I was 17. And it was a car with New York plates. <laughs> wow. But I, but I, but you, you said something that was interesting that I just thought about. I think one of the reasons why I didn't experience it so much is because we were kids and, and yeah, parents teach a certain thing, but kids are kids, you know, they're still learning. They're still forming their opinions about stuff. So you could tell by the children what the parents were like at home. Cause we had, we had people who would, who would drop the N word when I was in third, fourth grade, when, Mm -hmm. when we played football on the yard and they get hit hard it was like you ninja and then run. So it, it, it wasn't a hateful. I'm a, I'm gonna mess you up. It was the, I'm scared. You hit me hard, but I'm right. a ruin. So it, it, it was different. And, and the older you got, right. when those type things start being said and heard, I think we started reflecting a little bit differently because now I know you mean it. Now right. I know this isn't just something you were taught. It's something you were taught and now you embrace it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think my, you know, I've never, I don't think I've been ever hollered or had a drive by that I remember. I'm like, you know, like other than, uh, of course, the, 
my my own <laughs> calling each other that. Oh, but outside of that, no, nah, I, I I don't I don't recall it. I may after the Brooklyn. Oh, you know what? I remember now. What <laughs> I just you say you was in Brooklyn, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't I don't recall it. Um, yeah, and I think even growing and like I said, you know, like growing up, yeah, isolated. You kind of isolated. You don't really see it. it's not in your face as much. Um, and, and when I grew up, um, I think uh, my experience when I started working, um, unfortunately, I was one of those dudes that kind of, I guess, growing up so black that, you know, when you start working, of course, just the diversity. <laughs> I worked at a, a Kmart. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it was, you know, that chip on your shoulder. I wish you would. I wish you would call me, you know, <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, yeah. you know, when there was an issue or whatever. Um, and that took a while just to like, you need to chill out. Everybody ain't, <laughs> you know, like some people, some people are doodle birds, but they're not racist, <laughs> you know, like, right. you know, trying to, trying to, like, some people are just, are just idiots, you know, they're just bad managers, but they're not racist, you know, like, unless, you know, that's not my, my, my approach was like trying not to look at it all, you know, have that chip on your shoulder, have that anger. I don't know, like it seemed, and I think it's from the music and watching certain things and getting in your head and you thinking, you know, if if you're not, uh, if you're not connected to enough white people, you know, it, there's this special one. It's kind of like, you know, white people do with blacks. Oh, no, you're a different black. <laughs> you know, like, you know my, my experience is like, oh, no, they're, they're a good white. All the rest of them. <laughs> I got my eye on, you know. So it was, it was trying to. Let my yeah right right visa the wish factor right I wish you would um I think it's it's it was me trying to let my guard down a little bit just trying not to be so so like you know I'm waiting for him to say something crazy you know trying to to build relationships without having the chip on your shoulder um and that was my experience you know going out into the working world I mean there was there was some moments you just like I don't know I feel like you treat me a little different <laughs> you know like. I don't, I don't, I don't see it like you know me and and white guy over here. You kind of coming at us in two different ways, you know. Like it was, it was. I had moments like that at work, um, and it's just like okay, you know, you see certain things. And I remember one time um, I was leaving work, and one of the security guys stopped me and he checked my bag before I left, and my and he ain't checked nobody else. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to it. I got in the car. My dad was like, "He said you look like you steal." That's what right, right. But my, my dad, my dad, who was sitting there waiting, was like, "Yo, I saw him look in your bag. I didn't see him check anybody else." <laughs> you know, it was moments like that. I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it." You know, because I was trying to calm, trying to, you know, not look at everything. But my dad, you know, and it was true though. I was like, "You're right," <laughs> you know, because it was like it made it was probably like. 20%, 15% black and the rest were white, you know, at the Kmart. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was some interesting things as far as coming into, you know, that stuff being revealed. And for me, being in a bubble, you know, and I've had like small running Define defined bubble. And so I'll say define defining my bubble would mean I never seen racism in my face. I never had to deal with it. I never uh, well, I don't think so. Anyway, I'll say it that way, based on my perception and my perspective at the time, um, and and my life, you know, based on what you see on TV, the Rodney King, to being harassed by the police and things of that nature, never came up. So being in that mind space and being in that kind of bubble, I used to think, and even with people that used to get arrested, that you know, like the falsely accused, like they said that nothing to do with, you know, like we we know all those stories now, um. I used to feel like they had to have something to do with it. The police wouldn't just arrest you, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like throw you in jail for 20 years <laughs> with nothing. You had to be yeah. involved. Like, and this was innocent my mind. Innocent people don't go to prison. Right. <laughs> Yo, I mean, like I was, I was, you know, I was hardcore. You know, my dad was conservative, Rush Limbaugh watching. So my mindset was oh, like, that was a Rush Limbaugh fan back then. Yeah. And, and, and I, I will say, you said, <laughs> wait, small wait, defense, wait, Oh Lord! Wait. Yes. Pastor just said it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad was a Rush Limbaugh fan. Yes, and yes, he was black. Look, he looked at me and him look the same. I should pull the his. Uh, I got his picture up over there. 
<laughs> wow. That's, I yeah. mean, it's interesting. But yeah. you're talking about Rush Limbaugh this, in the 70s. This 80s. is like 80s. This is 80s, early 90s. This is mm-hmm. as far. So it stops there. So that, yeah, that's, I want perspective. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't think he was as fringe because he was even on TV. He had a show for a while, TV show. Yeah, I mean, um, but he was he was always a conservative. He was, you're talking about the pre-Trump Rush Limbaugh, right? Right. But even right. he was. I don't even see him as a Trump fan. He was a well. Anyway, I'm. I'm right. <laughs> I know, I know. But yet, so um, um, so yeah, so he he was conservative. He always told me. He said, "I don't care how you feel. You're always going to be a conservative." You know. So like these values were always kind of pushed in me, and I always felt like you know. You you chose to be on welfare. You chose, you know, like it was like I was really in this. Listen, and and that's see, that's what people struggle with with me. I I'm conservative in that way, right? I, I am absolutely capitalist, right? I, I believe that you can make it if you want to make it. I, I, I right. said anybody that's not working doesn't want to. That's my belief, because you can get out there and cut grass. What you're saying is you don't have the job you want. Right. It's not that you can't work. You just can't. You're just unable to get the job that you want. But anybody that wants to work is working. I tell people that, you know, if you're unemployed, looking for a job is your job. Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, that's that's just real. So I erase that. I try to erase all those excuses from people that I just can't find a job. But your your job is to find a job. Get up, clock in, go hit them streets, go do whatever you have to do right. until you can get paid. That's just, right. and, and so in that regard, I'm a conservative. I believe that you can make it. I and, do believe. And, and I'm glad you say that the way you said it, because uh, I think the first time you said that there may be people who heard that and didn't hear what you said, um, because you said the reality is you don't have the job you want. And because where I grew up, I, I think most black people are conservative and then you, well, at least in the South where I was from, because I didn't know lazy black men growing up. Right. I, I don't care if you was the wino, you were still raking yards, cutting grass, um, doing handyman work on somebody's roof, um, picking up cans, taking them to the recycling center. I, I didn't see lazy black men growing up. But what I did see is a lot of black men who, when you have conversation with them, it was like, man, these dudes are smart. Why, why are they cutting grass for a living? Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm cleaning a lot from them. But I, I think um, for, for me, the, the, the rub or the difference is, I think when you take the totality of circumstances, um, for me, it was, it was, it was kind of simple. I, I grew up believing that, but also believing that the system wasn't at us anymore. I believe that when I was a 13-year-old, I believe that we had already achieved Martin Luther King's dream. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand it yet because I looked around me and I was like, the white people around me, we cool. I mean, now I can look at certain people and see Trace and I'm like, look, that ain't what you spoke. You ain't the person I knew growing up. But see, the thing is, you weren't at your age then. You weren't supposed to see it. Right. 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 That's the thing. And and so your your parents are supposed to educate you for the world that you're stepping into. Right. You know, but what I realize in our community, for the most part, we, you know, our parents spent more time having to work to survive Absolutely. and less time being able to to really groom you. You had to do what I said. It, right. you know, I grew up in a world where you just do what I tell you to do and that's it. Right. You understand? Um, now, it's, it's unique in our house. Like my mom, you know, my mom had no she let us kind of express ourselves. We were free to kind of do, wow. you know, what we wanted to do. You mm-hmm. understand? Yeah. But we also remembered the instructions. You know, right. the house better be clean when I get home. Right. You know, make sure your brothers eat. Right. You know, don't don't break my house. You know, in our you know, and I'm saying it's it's right. simple yeah. things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she tried to shield us from the world. But there were things that I think that I that I look back on 
right? right? When it comes to survival, I realized like I wasn't, we lived in a man's world. I grew up in a man's world, but I was raised by a single mother right. who knew at that time she was living in a man's world. Right. And so to protect herself, I think back on things like whenever, whenever my mom had a, I, I realized my mom didn't wear dresses, but she was dainty. She was a lady, but you, you didn't catch her in dresses. Like she had sundresses. If she wanted to go out on a date and all this kind of, it, it was a mindset that she had that like, you know, you, it would not be a surprise to see my mother with, you know, blue jeans, you know, right, right. low boots and, and a, and a fatigue coat. You know, with her hair in an afro or what? You know, she was. You know, she was conscious, right. but she was she was conscious and protective of her of her boys. Right. That's what it was for her. You know, and so whenever, like, if she had to come to the school to deal with anything, she didn't come dressed like a lady. She came dressed for battle. Right. See, right. and that's and that's a huge difference, Pastor. Like everything you said up into the fatigue coat, and then the way your mom dealt with stuff. Everything up until that was my mom, right? right? Yeah. But going back to what you said in the South, it was it was classism and placism. When right. when my mom, when when stuff happened at school, my mom nine times out of ten was already born a whoop. You got me coming to the school. <laughs> it didn't matter whether I was right, wrong, or different. It it was like here I am, a black woman coming to the school, talking to the white man, mm. and it's because of you. Right. So it, it was that know your place type mentality to this day. Love my mama death, one of the strongest people I know, but she was conditioned. Like I remember the first time I was able to take my mom to a nice restaurant in the neighboring city, which our city was seventy eight hundred people. Um there there was a Florence was Florence, South Carolina was oh, yeah. probably about fifty minutes away. Right. And um it was about seventy thousand people. Right. And they had a couple restaurants that right. were known, right? Right, right, right. So when I joined the army and I was able to finally like take my mom out, buy her a nice um outfit to go and and get a good table. That's the first thing I want to do. So when I came home on leave, took my mom and, and a couple of my nieces to this restaurant, and they brought my mom something she didn't order. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am. I was like, my mom didn't order this. Can you? Um... And I was nice about it. Right, right. And she was like, okay, I'm sorry. She picks the food up and she takes right. it back. And my mom, looked, she, she then looks over me. She was like, boy, you better stop talking to them people like that. Wow. And I was like, look, no, I ain't being disrespectful. But I was like, at this point, she worked for me. Right. <laughs> right. And, and my mom, it, it was hard for her. To, to grasp that because of the way she grew up. Now, the, I said all that, but I'm going to say this. She tells me a story about the 50s in South Carolina. There was this, this white boy who lived on a farm probably um, maybe a half mile away from theirs. Right. And he had this thing for my mom and her sisters. He, he just... Right. <laughs> so... She she busted his kid head one time because he grabbed her sister's butt. Right. His name was Tater Bread. I don't know why they called him Tater Bread, but his name was Tater Bread. And right. I was like, you did what? Because in my mind, yeah. a black woman doing that to a white man right. in the 50s, you did. Right, right, right. And she, she was like, no, she was like, I knew him. She was like, we grew up together. She was like, right. we, we, play, we played together. His daddy right. was always somewhere else and his mom didn't do anything. Right. My mom cleaned the house for him, so she didn't have any influence, really. Wow. So she she knew where she could fit in and do certain things, but everything else, she just no, we don't do that. She told wow. she told my um she told my my first wife she was like, "Baby, you really smart." She was like, "You probably could be a manager at a store or something, huh?" Right. And she, and to her, that wasn't an insult. Wow. Because of how we grew up and where we right. grew up. But that's what I think. I think that's different, you know, coming up in the South. Right. Um, you know, my mom was born in Philly, but spent a lot of her childhood, you know, between Mississippi and Memphis. I was born in Memphis. Oh, so wow. my mother had a taste. She had she knew the experience. Right. You know, right. from from being in Mississippi, you know, because we have I have roots in Mississippi. I got folks in Tennessee. I got folks in California, Philadelphia. 
And um, so I, you know, she had this history, even right. though we weren't, it wasn't in our face right? in Illinois growing up, she knew it when she saw it right? because she had those experiences. Right. She didn't have, you know, and so, so for her, it was in her face, but it was never in our face. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and again, it's all about placement demographics and all that plays a role. You know, she would, you know, my mom, you know, when you talk about how to conduct yourself, yeah, she was never, my mother never told us, she always told us to act like you got some sense, but that had nothing right. to do with our skin color. It had everything to do with the fact that you're my son and you're not going to act a fool. Right. That's what it was about. I'm not raising fools. I don't want you to walk around here acting like you don't have, like you weren't trained better. Right. You know, open the door for ladies, you know, say, right. excuse me, man. You know, she always taught us manners and things like that. Right. Um, and, and, but it didn't, it wasn't like so that you don't get in trouble. It was like, <laughs> I don't want you to look like an idiot. Right. That's right. what, it, that's, that's always what it was. It was never a conversation about color, gotcha. you know. Um, I look back when I look back, I realized people knew just off of how she carried herself to leave her alone. Right. You know, a lot of those conversations didn't have to be had just because of how she carried herself. And so I learned to carry myself that way. And I think that I right. avoided a lot of stuff simply by how I carried myself. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm like, you know, she taught me to look people in the eye when you're talking to them and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and so that to me. Predators know weakness. Absolutely. They sense you understand. And racism is predatory. I got you. Right. So right. you're going to be a victim if you look like a victim. Right. Right. But you can trust and believe they can walk into certain places and know I, I won't mess with that one. one. Right. You know what I'm saying? And because I never, you know, it's like I, I think back in my life and I'm like, I remember having some experiences where people tried me, but man, it, it, it had to be really brazen, you know. Uh, you had to really be crazy uh, so, because the people that were kind of right. I didn't I just didn't get that right. growing up. I didn't get that even in my young adult life. I didn't get it. So would you say because I'm I'm trying to see kind of the perspective you're coming from, because I'll say for myself, um, I my mannerisms and, and dressing was like um, I've always kept it in a certain way where I wouldn't be a target. And, you know, like, you know, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, like to, 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 for lack of a better word, to not look like one of them, you know, like look like the, the, the usual, maybe a usual suspect, you know, like just the see, way. You, but no, no, because see, for me, <clears throat> it, 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 that's, that's never, that was never how I was taught. Right. Right. It was, I want you to be a gentleman. I want you to right. be a man. Right. I want you to stand for what you believe in, you know, right. all of those things. I want you to look at people in the face, you right. know, when you open your mouth, have something to say or don't open your mouth. I got you. Not be intimidated, not be intimidated towards white, white people or things like that. I, but I, I get what you're saying. Not, not a racial thing, but a man thing. I guess. Yeah, because he never told us, you know, I was never taught man. how to act around white people. I was right, just taught right, right. how to act, period. Right. Yeah. Myself as well. I mean, it was and, never yeah. like, and, and, and you know, I don't want to look like, you know, yes. I was it was never like, I. you know, I don't want to look like somebody that they could, you know, it was it, it was never that it was always. Be proud of who you are. Right. You carry my name. Right. You know, don't right. mess up my name. You right. know, that's that's what it was always about, right. because it was never like I didn't grow up in a house where we had, you know, conversations about white people. Right. Right. And, and, and it was the same for us. And, and, and where I was from in the South which is not too far from where Terry and V from. Um, it, it was the same way, but there were still overtones. They, they were still overtones of things that you just knew. Like craziness. Anybody from my hometown, I always tell them that when, when they don't know me and I come home to visit, where you from? Right here. You don't sound like you from here. Right. Right. Yeah. And I get told I sound white all the time, but I I know I'm right. country. Right. I just know how to speak grammatically correct English, but right. the, it, it was it was a thing. And right. um, but at, at the time where I was from, blacks were just as dominating. They just had less. Like right. we we had neighborhoods that were black neighborhoods. We right. had neighborhoods that was like that whole wrong side of the track thing that right. didn't apply to us, so to speak. However, that it was 
it, it, it wasn't was. separated by a track, by the train right. track. Right. It was separated by school zones almost. Right. It was like right. if if you go down this road, everybody mm -hmm. over here. I'm, I remember when when I when I first moved back to South Carolina when as an adult, um, right. I took a job at Fort Bragg and moved back to South Carolina, right. and um, I I didn't. There were certain places I just wasn't going to take my family. Right. So I bought a house in, in a good neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know what all of my family said when they came over. Boy, you live over here in the white people section. Right. Yeah. I mean, and right. that that's literally a thing. Right. Now, now right. those lines are starting to be blurred now. Right. But that's right. literally a thing yeah. where I grew up. But we, like, we but we had that. I mean, you know, for us in, in Kankakee, you know, we had the north side. The north side right. was where, you know, it was predominantly black. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, but and and we <laughs> We didn't call it black. We called it the dirty side. We because, uh, right. Let's keep it real. You know, right. Because you know the people didn't cut grass. They had you know dirt yards. You know there was right. no grass growing. You know right. just the, the dirt ran over onto the sidewalk. Right. You know right. There was right. never you know there was no curb appeal over there. Folks didn't take care of the property and all of that. You know, <laughs> and and where but where we lived, right? Uh, it was a diverse neighborhood. You had white, black. Uh, uh, Latino, even some some Asians. You know, we had apartment comp. I had I had an apartment building. You know, outside my house, down the street, across the street, on the left side, I had an apartment building. Outside my house, down the street, and across the street, on the on the right side, wow. right. And and but there was just we had a there was a mixing pot of of everything. Right. But if you go over to the north side, like. We didn't go to the north side because we knew that if we went to the north side, we was gonna have to fight. Wow. <laughs> People that look like it's us. Just indeed. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know, I'll never it's forget. Hilarious. I never knew it's funny. I went to school and all of that, and I didn't know the word kin, K-I-N. I never heard the first time I ever heard that word okay. was on the north side. Somebody said, wow. You ain't a kin to him? I'm like, What? <laughs> That's yeah. your cousin, that's your brother. Oh, you mean are we related? <laughs> I mean, me and my brother would look at each other like, what is Ken? What does that mean? What is Ken? What is that? And I learned you know, that too. Yeah. And so and 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 that's what happened with us. You know, we we didn't speak like we came from the north side. Right. Yes. Yep. You know. Yep. And I, mean, I would tell you, know, you talk like white people and all that right. kind of stuff. But I'm right. like, you mean because I speak proper English? <laughs> right. You you do bring right. up an interesting point with with the linguistics, though. Right. Because yeah. I promise you, I've right. used words my whole life that other when I joined the military, he was like, "Huh? What yeah. you say? <laughs> yeah, the South was a whole different language. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you man. For yeah. instance, but it don't sound like what it actually is, but it makes sense, right? Like, when you don't drink behind somebody where I'm from, they call you scoffer. Call you I'm, what? I'm going to say it that way first. Go <laughs> on and be a scoffer. What? So, scoffer self. Scoffer. Oh, you uppity? I'm going to say it slow. Scoffer. That's how we said it. Scoffer. Scoffer? But it was scornful. Oh, the scornful. word was scornful. scornful. But nobody, I didn't know it was scornful until I was a senior in high school. Wow. Because wow. that's wow. what my. And, 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 it's, and it goes back just to the language. She validated it. Like, yep. my, my mother, see? She know what I'm talking about. My, my mother stopped school in the sixth grade, wow. got married a year later, um, and then started a family in 1957. So her language is what became our core, which was what her mom's core was. So there was words and sayings that that made perfect sense once, once you knew what it meant, but until you knew what it meant, you just knew what it meant because mama said it all these years and cousin said it and auntie said it. And well, see, my mom was a teacher, early see, childhood education. So her job was teaching little children how to read, write, right. speak. Right. So I, you know, my, you know, my mom read stories to us at night before we went to sleep. You know, we had reading time. My mom turned you know, on Sesame Street. <laughs> no, she read books. I, guess. She, I mean, yeah, yeah she read books. Right. Um, and so that's what helped us right. with our, you know, the, the articulation piece.
you know, the, the linguistic piece. So, but that just, it just came natural because she was a teacher. Right. You know, um, but, but she always taught us, you know, when in Rome, you know, if you, you, when you have to put your professional hat on, put it on. Cabinator. You know, do you be who you are. Cabin. Right. Cabin. <laughs> and, and what I, I learned from that, that. And what I learned from that, it was the old brand of the refrigerator, the Kelvinator. Remember um, the Kelvinator refrigerator? No. Well, it, it, it was one of the first, it was one of the first brands of like Kelvin zero. I got you. I got you. Uh, I heard yeah. people, I heard people say the, the frigid air, which was a brand yeah. and not a refrigerator. Right. I, I heard that in the Midwest. I heard that in the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was that, a that was my grandma. She said frigid air. He said, that's my grandma used to say, I didn't know what a cabinator was. Well, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know an ambulance was an ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so he said, Oscar the Grouch. Um, so um, for me, like, I I think like with Pastor, you know, the the time to, you know, my parents, we live pretty middle class and my parents worked quite a bit. Um but for me, it wasn't direct teaching. It just was the environment of how they spoke and how they spoke to me. I spoke to others. Um, and I just learned to to walk a certain way, dress a certain way, present yourself a certain way, um, you know, because I was never one to one to want to miss an opportunity. So I know that walking and, and being a certain way gives you a chance, gives you a better chance than, you know, how you were with your boys. You know, so you that, just see that right that that right there. That's the, the difference. Thing. Yeah, right. You know, the the vernacular made right. it, it made a difference for me, and that's what my and that's what I meant a minute ago when I was talking about, you know, put your professional hat on because right. yeah. my mother had she had two languages. You know, she had the language on the phone, and she had the language in the mm-hmm. house. Boy, if you <laughs> right. don't, hi, this is Shirley. Versus, you know, hello. Right. So she was saying, do you but know when to be professional? <laughs> that's 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 that must be an English thing. Oh, he said if you see oh. a cop car from behind spells it's a lot. <laughs> oh police. police. Oh. <laughs> <It's a lot. laughs> Backwards. Yeah. Okay. Well that was that was actually the, the ambulance. <laughs> you look at the, yeah, in the rearview mirror, and right. ambulance was spelled backwards. On you know that that was funny. Um, so I, you know, I'll never forget in probably nineteen ninety two. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was in Champaign, and I was trying to get an apartment, and my my younger brother was sitting in this in this little spot, and I was talking to the people right. about the apartment and. I said, yeah, I'd love to see the apartment, you know, two bedroom, whatever the case might be, the deposit, you know, and, and I got off the phone and my brother was like, sell out. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, yes, I would love to see the apartment. I guess, <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and oh, he told me that joke. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he teased me because, you know, because he was the one who, you know, he didn't pay attention. Right. To some of the things that my mother was teaching us about, you know, when to turn it on. Right. Right. He kept it real. And so because I turned on and, and used a professional voice. Right. right. He called me a sellout. Right. You ain't keeping it real, son. Right. Because he, you know, when he was growing up, things were beginning to change. Right. I had gone off to the military. Right. Right. And and so the hood became the hood. Right. Where, I, hood where I grew up became a hood right. after I left. Oh, why? You know, okay. Okay. The, the Chicago, you know, the dope boys came down from Chicago and they kind of turned Kankakee out. You know, crack right. was on the scene, cocaine, right. and they were really doing it up. And so a lot of things changed in a very short amount of time. Wow. And so he spent some time in that environment. Right. 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 And and so when I you fast forward to me and and and, and being in Champagne. He saw that and I'm like, man, I don't know. I said, man, I'm trying to find me an apartment. What are you talking about? Right. I don't want them to think that they have a hoodlum right. moving into the apartment. Right. And, and I don't want the, I, what people don't realize is when 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 property management companies back then, if they saw you, they gave you the space that matched your personality. Yep. 
There were right. always more. There was always more than one unit available. Right. They wouldn't give you the best if you didn't act like you had purpose. Right. 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 Yep. So what I'm saying to him is, man, I want the best of the best. So I have to be the best of the best. And he would right. say, man, you just to sell out talking all right. white. I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> right. Right. Like, who are you and what did you do with my brother? Right. And see, and, and see, and this is the beautiful thing of you being 11, 12 years ahead of me, because what you just said was what growing up black did for me. Yeah. Because I grew up in the, the crack epidemic like the height of the crack epidemic same with ad like mm -hmm. that was every day for us right. so i understood how to man it basically what it did it, it set me up to to go in any environment and be okay right. if, if i went to the hood i'm good i i could talk the language i can move the way they move i i, I did half the stuff that they were doing but at right. the same time if if I need to go and talk to somebody about a scholarship, I'm their guy too. And right. it was like, oh, you yeah, different. but I, but I not... did all that too, man. I, but here's the thing, I, you know, I was trying to bang when I was in high school. I I went through that whole phase, you know, where I thought I was right. cool. You know, I went right. to the, you know, I fought. I got in major fights, man. I, you know, I like we oh, changed the place to the city with fights. But what I'm saying, I think, but the the point I'm trying to make is. When I was hanging out with my boys, that's what we did. We we was right. cool. We did that right. stuff, right? Right. But when it was time to go to work, right. I put that away. Right. That's all I'm saying. No, and that's the same thing I'm saying. I'm saying for right. us, for, for my generation, is, that was the norm. What I'm saying is he felt like he never needed to put it away. Right. Right. You understand? Mm -hmm. And that's where the 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 capitalism and you know being a capital i'm like man I, i'm trying to i'm trying to get this <laughs> <money."> OG pastor <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah listen right. we, we come from that but but what i'm saying is i'm trying to get this money and, and so in order right. i tell people this my career in it greatest hustle on the planet great hey, you want to talk about hustle mm -hmm. my career it, it's the favor of god but i promise you greatest hustle on the planet because I didn't you, have you to didn't go even, and, right. and you didn't even, and you didn't even, you kind of got grandfathered in, or not even. I was grafted in. in. Some guy saw that I had a brain, right? And he taught me. I didn't, you know, like what I do for a living. The money I, I didn't. This is I didn't go to school for this, right? Right. And so what I would tell my brother is, okay, you do that, and check in with me in ten years. Right. Let's see where you are. And let's see where I am. Right. You understand? And and mm -hmm. that's what I tell people. You can be cool all day long, but if you're not making any money, if right. you don't have any benefits, if you're not taking care of your family, right. you know, they're, they're, right. you know, you can't get health. There's no health care in, in, in the dope game. Right. Right. You can't get robbed. <laughs> Who you telling? Right. I'm just saying. So so my thing is, you know, you call it being white and I call it survival. Right. Definitely. That's not Definitely. appealing to them. That is making sure I have a roof over my head. Right. That's what that is. That, and, and, and I think that's where people get it confused. You know, sometimes, you know, you can be so anti-white that you're anti-black. <laughs> right. Just confused. Right. All kinds right. of confused. You understand? Yeah, that's right. deep. And, and I'm right. saying, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's funny. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois has the four critical questions that he talks about. And what he's saying is don't get so angry that you kill yourself. Right. Yep. Right. And, and, and I'm saying we need to examine what Du Bois was talking about because a, a lot of us are, you know, we, and, and, and listen, uh, the problem is the problem. Racism is real. You understand, right. but you're not going to fix it by just being mad. Right. No, absolutely you, not. You're not going to gain any ground by just being be mad enough to be productive. Right. That's what I learned growing up. You'd right. be mad all day, but if you're not doing anything to affect change, go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, one of the things that I saw that older the older generation hated more than anything, which was rap music. Rap music probably was one of the things that pushed me the most because Growing up in the South, all we knew is what was around us, right? Right, right. And then in about 1987, we got cable for the first time. 
<laughs> and, and I saw your MTV raps. And I was introduced to, to New York hip hop. Right. And it changed. It changed right. the way I saw the world. It changed the way right. I thought. So right. I, I don't I don't completely knock everything that comes out because for me, hearing a KRS one, he, hearing a Rakim, I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, this is way bigger. And it and it helped me dream past where I was because where I was, it, it was like it was shock. It was like jumping into a tub of ice water when I first heard that. Right. And that's why we probably got a lot of stuff in common right now, AD, because like that era of music, right? It was it was what spoke to my area of South Carolina the most. Like wow. to 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 this, well, I won't say to this day, but at least 10 years ago, right. if you was in where I grew up in South Carolina, most of the people you look at how they dress, they got Tim's on. They got right. they got jeans. I mean, right. they they listen to the Nas. They listen to um, Kiss. We we right. were even though we was from down south, the southern culture. Right. It was all for for me at least. I speak right. for me. It was like a coffin, because right. it led to dead ends. From I mean, outside of like the Mary McLeod Bethunes, but it, if you wasn't willing to go that route, there was nothing left for you. Wow. So being introduced to to that mentality, right. it let me know that there's more than what's here. Right. So mm-hmm. um, even the influence right. from without change within. Right. New perspective. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. It, we, you know, during the 90s, to keep it real, got to keep it real, son. Um, yeah. to keep it real era. To- <laughs> You know, don't be selling out, son. You know, and 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 <laughs> and maintaining who you are everywhere you go. Just you know, and it's still who you are. It's like I'm I'm my relaxed side, and I have my professional side. You know, and I think it's is getting away. Um, he said, "ZZ stop, kiss." <laughs> That's the English flavor, right? English flavor. <laughs> but um, I think getting away from that. That that saying, and you know, I think sometimes those mental traps, like saying you're talking white or you're living in a white neighborhood, you know, like Word is blind, just because it, just because it's nice is white, you know, white is right, <laughs> you know. I mean, listen, my dad, unfortunately, he even said, he said, find what white people are doing and do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, but what he was basically saying is, yeah, quit playing, go get that money. Yeah, yeah. He you know, did. he wasn't saying yeah. go be white. Yeah, he just said, "Find you know whatever they're into." They're he obviously chasing something, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 like and, hunting and seeing the dog running over there. Right. There's something over there. That, I mean, that's over the there. biggest right. misconception. You know, you you want to talk about selling out? You know, you tell somebody, you know, don't do what white people do. It's not about them being white. It's about right. how to get ahead, right? You know, and I'm not right. going to denounce my black. <laughs> trying to get ahead right i'm just trying to get ahead right and i'm not gonna kiss anybody's behind trying to get ahead i'm comfortable in my skin you know uh, i'm gonna do the things that work because i really you know growing up i realized there's so many things that that's just not your battle right you know today i want people to understand we have a problem in america and the problem that we have in america is a problem we've had for a very long time and it's it's more prevalent now everything has been exposed you know, these right. last, you know, the, the Trump era has people don't realize that uh, the, the Trump era, I was just having a conversation with some co-workers, non-black co-workers. The right. entire Trump era was straight out of the uh, Hitler playbook. Right. When it comes to hate speech and all that, people don't understand because they don't read. They don't right. realize that he, he his entire era, his presidency, the campaigning and all that was straight out of Hitler's playbook. If you go right. look at how Propaganda. Hitler came to power. The mm-hmm. propaganda and all of that. Absolutely. Trump, yeah. He took it straight out of the Hitler playbook. He did. No but doubt. but no one's talking about that. Nope. People aren't talking about it. No you one understand? Either. And now well, I, don't, I just don't 2.0, think it's getting traction. 2.0 looks like Hitler 2.0. Right. I don't think it got traction because I I've 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 um on Periscope I had a couple conversations with some people and, and did a couple of rooms. Um and it was out there. It just didn't get traction. It's like people would rather, oh, they're they're burning this, or they're they're not seeing you here, or they're taking right. away jobs here, they're cutting this, or right. They, right. they they switch the focus. And we what happens is I think 
We allow people to change the narrative. And, and what you just said becomes a conspiracy theory. Um, right. and yeah. not, not that it's a conspiracy, but that's what the masses call it. Right. Because yeah, but the, but the thing is, here's the thing. It's a conspiracy theory if it if it only comes from me. This is there's right. factual evidence. Right. Absolutely. If, if people would just do the research, there's right. factual evidence. And, and that's what I'm saying. You know, right. uh, the you know, Biden focusing on, you know, uh, minority farmers as part right. of this one point nine trillion dollar package. And Lindsey right. Graham deliberately calling it reparations. Wow. Right. You know, be folks. So what? So what if you're a white farmer? You don't get anything. Right. Y'all been getting right. it the whole time. time. You know. Right. Now we're trying to right. put some light, shed some light, and show some attention to right. some minority farmers right. who right. have not had a break because they can't right. get into those meetings. They can't right. get to the to the table to get access to the funding. But you guys right. can. And right. now Joe Biden is trying to even the playing field by focusing on those that have been forgotten about. Right. And you're caught. And, and he's basically he's using the term Reparation. that's revelation. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, right. And the reason it's called reparations is because he wants to make it a black and white thing. Right. And to further your point, that that do do you remember a couple months ago the um, the Eagles um, former receiver Deshaun Jackson got in trouble for quoting Hitler? Mm -hmm. He he didn't know he was quoting Hitler when he said it, but it it sounded right. (laughs) That's why he said it. It it didn't sound like I'm duping you or I'm a hateful. Hate monger. It didn't sound any of that. It sounded like the right thing to say. And if wow. you read a lot of, I say from 1922 to not 1932 to 1939, Hitler. If if you read a lot of those quotes, you'll sit back and be like, wow, this makes sense. Wow, mm-hmm. this is good stuff. And then yeah, you mean- see I mean, he shifted. He shifted the the conversation. He brought him, brought him in, and then shifted the mindset in order to achieve what he was trying to achieve. Some of the yeah. things I mean, and this like little seed. It would yeah. sound like a great minister talking. Right, right. It's it's the seeds. Oh, entertainment nerd. I appreciate you, man. He said I needed this conversation this morning. Hard to find people who understand entertainment nerd. You're in Twitch. Make sure you follow. I don't know if you can share and share it out to your people, but make sure you do so as well. Um, we're trying to grow our following here in Twitch. Twitch land. Um, so appreciate that. Yeah, Richard, you're right. So right. that's called Absolutely. divide and rule. Right. Indeed. Absolutely. And and that that was like the full strategy because that's where we at. <laughs> we can't even have a conversation. It's just like we de- so divided. You know, this line has been dug even deeper. You know, the dividing line. There was already, you know, we was constantly fighting during the, the election process. But this time it just became really, really divided, you know. There at least could be some level of civility having the conversations, but now it's just it's gotten really divided. Um, so I'm hoping some years from now maybe it'll <laughs> get back to normal fighting politics as as usual. But we'll I'll, see. I'll be glad when we can accept facts, <laughs> but embrace truth. And what I mean by that right. Right. is this: it is a fact that redlining exists, or residuals from redlining exist. Right. It is a fact that the the um, criminal justice system is biased when it comes to crime and the demographics of who commits certain crime. It's, right. All of those things are facts. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter still remains that the only person that can ever stop me from doing anything is me. Right. So believe the facts, but don't live in the facts. Live in the truth. The facts, they change. Because right now it is that way. Right now, okay. what was today's Wednesday? It's mm-hmm. a fact that today is Wednesday. <laughs> Tomorrow, that's not going to be a fact. But who you are, what you are able to do, that's always going to be truth. But you got to embrace that. Indeed. All right, my people. So we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Um, make sure you join our community. Text brothers to 84576. Text brothers to 84576. Um, and be a part of the community. Big things coming down. Uh, make sure also if whatever platform you're watching this on, Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook, make sure you share, share, tag. Um, and I appreciate you guys rocking with us and hanging with us each and every morning uh, where we have thoughtful conversations just like this. Um, and what does that say? Oh, 
He said, was that time for the resistance from the enlightened woken people and awareness, <laughs> right? Oh, sounds like a uh, sounds like a term from the movie Divergent, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. I look, right. It reminded me of something. Are you from Richard? It reminded me of something Cole would say. That sounded yeah. like it was Chuck D's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mama McCrory. I appreciate you. Thank you for rocking with us. All right, you, so we look we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Same place, same channel. It's Thursday. We got some more folk on here. Terry will be here hanging. So it, anything can happen. See you in the morning. Later. I didn't want to catch Good that. Morning. Morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Good 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 morning.